Welcome to Industry Thought Leader Podcast. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your message while become known as an authority in your field? Industry Thought Leader Podcast will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to an episode of Industry Thought Leader Podcast, brought to you by Industry Thought Leader Academy, Stand Out, Be Heard and Influence. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Now, my guest today says the business owners who will get through this pandemic with their business intact will not necessarily be the smartest or the most strategic. <laughs> They will be the ones with the highest resilience and who do the hard work to keep a strong mindset. And joining me on today's show is Carissa Reiniger. Now, Carissa, she started her business, which is called Small Business Silver Lining, with a mission to help small businesses become more profitable and more sustainable. And she created the Silver Lining Action Plan, which is a 13-month growth program, which is technology-enabled, data-driven, and based on behavior change science, helping small business owners develop the right habits and take the right actions to grow their business. Now, on today's show, Carissa is going to share what type of mindset has the highest correlation for small businesses to hitting their financial goals. She's going to talk about some practical ways that we can shift our mindset and get, get ourselves unstuck, as well as asking the question, what exactly is a time budget and how can it help us build and keep a strong mindset. So welcome to the show, Carissa. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate you having me. And I know that we're both stuck here in Melbourne. So what a better time than to talk about mindset because we are in our second lockdown and we know that the world, many, many countries, many businesses and individuals have found themselves having to really do a check-in on their mindset. So this topic is certainly uh, valuable. So what was it? I always love every now and again to give our guests a bit of an opportunity to what was it that did prompt you to come up with the silver lining. Obviously, the business is called Small Business Silver Lining. But uh, were, were there some things that happened that kind of prompted you, you know what, I'm going to start this and now obviously very successful business? Yeah. So I started it uh, when I was 22. So many, many, many years ago at this point. And I was working in advertising at the time and I was in charge. I was working on business development. So I was putting deals together and trying to figure out how to you know, make business happen. And I kept meeting small business owners who I thought were you know, incredibly passionate, worked incredibly hard, but seemed to very consistently struggle with business development, finding new customers, generating revenue, getting to profitability and sustainability. And I always was sort of struck that in my corporate life, um, you know, I was amazed by sort of people's you know, creativity to a certain degree, but really there was a security blanket that was there. And in a lot of ways, they were choosing sort of security over their passion. And then I kept meeting all these small business owners who had gone for it, had taken this big risk, who had gone and pursued their passion and you know, are doing what they love, but in most cases had given up security, financial security and kind of stability. And I just thought to myself, you know, again, ignorance is bliss. I was so young that, you know, it doesn't seem right that you have to make one of those choices. You shouldn't have to live a life pursuing your passion or, you know, a life where you have stability and security. You should be able to do both. And so that was the really basic framework. That was the initial idea of Silver Lining all those years ago was I want to help small businesses make money doing what they love so that they can have a life of passion and that bold, courageous move to go start a business 
can come along with, you know, the financial stability and security that, you know, that they deserve to have. Um, So that was the very beginning of it. That was the genesis of it. And then, of course, over these last 15 years, uh, I've learned a ton about how you actually help a small business make money and all of the elements connected to that, which, of course, has you know, led me to the topic we're here talking about today, that so much of that journey is about mindset. It's not necessarily technical skill. It's There's so many other elements to you know what helps a small business succeed. So... Brilliant. Love that. Thank you. You know, one of the things that you're talking about, you know, it's so important is, you know, having the right strategy, having the right practical steps. But, you know, you can have five people, 10 people in a room, businesses, all implementing the same steps, the same processes, and still you're going to notice that there is a difference in the results. One of the things that is very different between all of those individuals is the mindset, which I know we're going to talk about today. Would you say that it is often the mindset that will keep businesses stuck, yet they're working on practical steps and that next bright, shiny object, because that's the thing that's going to make a difference in the business, but we're not really working on here, are we? Yeah, I couldn't, I literally couldn't say it better. That's exactly right. And in fact, we talk a lot about with our businesses, this idea of the four stages of stuck. And when you want to grow your business, the job of a business owner is not to never get stuck. We're going to get stuck. We're going to get off track. I mean, we're humans. That's just life. But really savvy business owners I've seen get unstuck very quickly. They are actually skilled. They learn how to sort of say, oh, wait, I'm stuck. <laughs> I need to get unstuck so that I can get back to doing the right things with the right mindset so that I can hit my goals. And so we try to normalize getting stuck because I think to have a strong mindset, we get this idea. It feels like there's a lot of pressure in it, right? I must be strong all the time. No, a strong mindset actually is very adaptable. It's very flexible. It takes the good and the bad and the ups and the downs, but it can process it quickly and get back to the right action. And so um, I think what you said is exactly right. We should expect to get stuck, but the question is, can we get unstuck? And how quickly can we get unstuck? And then can we get back to the right action? Yeah, brilliant. So what type of mindset has the highest correlation for small businesses to hitting their financial goals? And you mentioned about the four four, four dimensions. Stuck. Yeah, are we going to talk about that? In yeah, this? let's talk about that. Right. Yeah. So, okay, so let's talk about the good side first, right? So the perfect mindset or the great, no, that's nothing's perfect. A great mindset, let's say, an effective mindset. Um, you know, we have this story of entrepreneurship that I think has really actually served us wrong, right? In the last 15 years, we've all become obsessed with, you know, raising millions and selling for billions and having these, you know, big lofty dreams. And the reality is the story of success in sort of these big VC-backed entrepreneur, I mean, it's so small. It's so high risk. That is not the true story of entrepreneurship. The true story of entrepreneurship are the hundreds of millions of small businesses in every community around the world, you know, employing local people, driving local communities, driving global economy. And in when you're that type of a business owner, you know, little wins really matter. And so the mindset that we've discovered through all the data that we have, because we have a software platform that works with businesses, we have tons of data. And so we can watch patterns and behavior. And one of the most significant patterns in that behavior demonstrates 
that the business owners that sort of release this idea that there's going to be one big deal that's going to save them, or there's going to be one big moment, or if they keep shiny, you said it, keep chasing shiny objects and going over here and over here, somehow they're going to find the thing that will magically make their business work. The businesses that succeed and have the strongest mindset are actually very focused, um, very disciplined. And really, you know, I always say it's like the opposite of death by a thousand cuts. It's like winning by a thousand small steps. Um, and instead of hoping for this amazing moment where everything comes true, they, they wake up every morning, they start focused and disciplined. They have a clear plan they're trying to get to. They've got a clear goal and they take steps towards it every single day, small steps, sometimes steps that feel like they're going nowhere, but they, they have the discipline to do the right thing on a consistent basis. Um, the other thing that I would just add to that, because it's a big factor, is that they accept accountability and help. Um, you know, one of the mistakes that I made when I was a young entrepreneur, and I think so much of us when we're entrepreneurs struggle with this because, you know, there's a sense of pride and ego that comes into play. Um, and then there's also the real sense that we have to present a sort of positive front to the world, right? So that they will believe in us and they will buy from us. But the, if you let that go too far, right, you sort of isolate yourself from being vulnerable or for asking for help or saying, I have no idea what to do right now. Does anyone know what to do? Um, and so when people sort of can find that balance of focus and discipline, consistency, and then also vulnerability and, you know, just realizing that no one knows how to do everything. So let's ask for help. Uh, that leads to success. And that is the opposite of the image of the big, charismatic, bold, solo, you know, individualistic entrepreneur that we all hear about all the time. So it's counterculture, um, but it's true. I mean, we, we can see it in the data 100%. Yeah, I love the way that you talked about uh, really having that discipline and the acceptance of that accountability because we know anything worth building takes it takes time to build and it's about foundations. And I think anyone that thinks that entrepreneurship is about, well, I'm going to launch my business and then all of a sudden I'm going to be the seven-figure business owner, maybe down the track, but you've taken the time to do that. And I think we, we will often learn from a lot of the failures because they can be the greatest foundations upon which we can build the next layer of our business. Now, I've I stumbled across a book and it was written back in 2007, 2008. And it's and I'm going to dive into it because I can't remember who the author, but it was done through studies of the, uh, through a university and it's called The Momentum Effect. And mm. it's about three different kind of um, avatars, if you will. And one of them is called The Pioneer and The Pioneer takes slower time, builds, you know, does things slower strategically, whereas others are out of the gate and they do that. But the, the pioneer who's taking time ends up outshining over a longer period of time those entrepreneurs and businesses who do things really quickly. And I think that's because what happens is when we do something, we launch something, we can take a step back, analyse it, tweak it, and then build upon it. Whereas if we're not tracking and measuring, we can never grow and check in on our profitability because you could be making millions of dollars, but if your profits are small, small margin, again, that's not really um, important. It's not really that successful either. Brilliant. Yes. What are some of the shadow sides of those then? You've talked about some really positive, effective yeah. mindsets. What are things we need to be mindful of to say, look, if this is happening, we need to switch quickly? Yeah, that's, that's a perfect segue actually to those four stages of stuck. So we always say that the first stage of stuck sounds like 
oh my gosh, I'm so busy, right? So if you hear yourself say, oh my gosh, I'm so busy, right? Which is, it's almost like we walk around this busy badge of honor, right? The busier we are, somehow the better we are, the more successful we are, the more important we are. Uh, But we actually call that stuck stage one. When we hear someone say, oh my gosh, I'm so busy, we say, well, then that sounds like you're not managing your priorities very well. <laughs> that sounds like you're not managing your time very well. You know, there's periods of intensity, of course. I mean, you know, in the midst of, of COVID, you know, I'm working 18-hour days, but but I'm not busy. I am intentionally taking additional action because I have more urgency in the moment and more work that, that I want to do, you know, to help as many people as possible and, you know, work through this moment. So there's a difference between being intentionally full, intense, you know, and being busy, right? Busy is sort of this idea that we're we're chasing shiny objects. We're running out chickens, our heads cut off. We've lost our focus and our discipline. And I would say 80% of small businesses spend most of their time busy, right? Which is not productive. And and that does not lead to results. So that's stage one. If you stay busy for too long, you move to stuck stage two. Stuck stage two sounds like I'm overwhelmed, And you hear that come out of entrepreneurs' mouths a lot. Oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by this. I'm overwhelmed by that. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And overwhelmed is usually when you've gotten to the point where your goals and your reality are sort of out of alignment. You set goals that are too too unrealistic. And so you can't hit them or you've taken on too many projects. Maybe they're even the right projects, but there's, there's just too much. You have set unrealistic goals for yourself. If you stay there for too long, you get to stuck stage three, which sounds like "Mm, I've really like lost my passion. I'm just not passionate anymore, which we hear all the time too. I've lost my passion. The root cause of that is usually exhaustion. You've been too busy for too long, too overwhelmed for too long. You've been living in this cycle and we get tired. And I've been there. Listen, I've been in all these stages of stuck. This is not, you know, criticism. This is just true. So stock stage three is, you know, I don't feel passionate about my business. And what we recommend all the time is don't change anything in your business. Go rest. Take a vacation for a week. Take a staycation if you feel like you don't have the budget, but like get out of your business for a week and you're going to find the passion is still there. You're just too tired to feel it. And then the final stage is stuck stage four, uh, which sounds like I want to quit. I'm out. You know, I don't want to be an entrepreneur anymore. I'm going to get a job. You know, we've got all these ideas that, you know, the word, some other version of life is easier. Um, and almost all the time, if you've ended up all the way at stuck stage four, this is sort of that death by a thousand cuts. Uh, you've gotten to the point where there's something about what you're building that's that's out of alignment with your mission. And almost all the time, the thing that's so amazing about business owners is that we try to build things that matter to us, right? That are that are connected to our values in some way. And when you get to the point where you want to quit, it's not usually because the business can't succeed. Almost any business can succeed. It's that there's some sort of disconnect between you and the business you're building. Um, and usually that happens over a sustained period of time of being busy, overwhelmed, and tired. And you sort of lose the, the heart of the business or you take on projects that are not connected to your true what. Uh, you do work for people that are not really the customers you meant to serve when you started the company. And all of a sudden, this thing you've created doesn't match what you wanted to do. And so it's about getting back into alignment to get out of stuck stage four. So that's that's the alternative to sort of strong, solid, disciplined mindset. 
Yeah. What I love about um, the stages that you've just shared and everything that you've been talking about and to be mindful of, I think that we can, as business owners, go through all of these stages as we're continuing to grow our business and not providing, and you said uh, so previously, having the right support team, having the right systems, which even as we're growing bigger, uh, we can then become, um, you know, what's that saying? We become, you know, we, we, we become, I can't even think of the word. It's one of those days I've had so many conversations. I, I think I'm that close to my word count. But um, we become the victims of our own success. Yeah. What I'm yeah. saying. We then can become exhausted. So what would be something that, uh, and I know we're going to talk about some practical ways to shift our mindset to get ourselves unstuck, but there has to be an understanding and clarity around from a business owner. We can do the work mindset-wise, but we're going to get ourselves back into that stuck if we don't do the practical changes and get team to support us, yes? Yes, 100%. I feel like I just want to say ditto to everything you're saying. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we, I always say, right, like, it's not sexy stuff. <laughs> you know, I always, I love business, but it, yeah, I know, but it is. But I know, I, you know, there's all these, there's yeah. all these false narratives, right? You know, join my boot camp and you'll grow your business with six figure business in three weeks. Or if you just come to this weekend seminar, you're going to dramatically have 20 times. That's not true. That's not how this works, right? How this works is with structure and support, going to bed on time, waking up and having a morning routine, you know, having some sort of accountability every single week where someone else checks in on you and holds you accountable to the things you say you care about, right? When no one is looking, trying to still do the right thing and choose, you know, choose greatness, be the greatest version of yourself, no matter what the circumstance you're in, uh, doing the hard work of calling a bunch of people for new leads when, you know, you feel like a loser because no one wants to talk to you. Like it's, it's all, it's those things in a system manner. And it's not fancy. It's hard, disciplined, focused work. Um, I'll offer this because I, it was profound to me. One of my business advisors and I were talking and he just sat me down. He said, Krista, you have a lot of talent, but I don't care. I'm not interested in your talent. Greatness is a choice. And he said, if you look at an Olympic athlete, right? And you look at someone who won a gold medal at the last Olympics, they didn't like get up and have a big idea and, you know, <laughs> go win the Olympics for decades, probably right before that moment, when everyone else was sleeping, they were out of their bed training. When everyone else was at a party, they were at home studying. When everyone else was doing X, they were focused on their goal. And, and you don't win every day. You win the gold medal once in your lifetime, but you train every single day unseen when no one else is looking. You choose greatness every day. So you get that one big win in a lifetime. And, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are trying to get a big win every day. And that is not selfie on them running again. They're actually out there running. Right. It's like, it's like this instant gratification thing that we've ended up in from the selfie, from the, we're looking, you know, from, you know, we want instant hits all the time. And Unfortunately, I'm a very impatient person, so I've had to really embrace this. Um, If you want to build something real, you know, if you want to build something solid, 
it takes time and it takes work and it takes discipline and focus and you have to choose greatness many times when no one will ever notice and give you a little like for your efforts. And, and if you're prepared for that, you can be hugely successful. But if you're looking for, and I always say, if you're looking for a big, quick win or instant gratification, entrepreneurship is not the journey. <laughs> you should do something else. No, but you know what I think, think, you know, I've heard this saying, you know, entrepreneurship is a lifestyle, which, it, but it really is. It's the repetitive thing. I think the lifestyle, yes, but you need to know that your lifestyle has to be about doing the work. It has to be about being in the trenches. All of the things that we desire about making an impact and going to places and traveling. I mean, one day we will, we will get but it is, and I often, I've, I've used now the, the analogy, and it's certainly not mine, but, you know, we look at business, we see this beautiful iceberg at the top, we admire it, but we don't look at all of the work and the years and the heartache and the struggles and the challenges. But as entrepreneurs, we're wired to like to t- tackle challenges. That can often be, that's my, my one of my, because I do like challenges and I love starting new creative projects. And I know that that's one of my weaknesses so that I have to have team in place to be able to keep me, you know, kind of focused that I'm not off doing all of these new things. So there's that, of course, that we need to to be mindful of too, but it is just doing the work to the point that it continue to build um, even with that. Let's talk about some of the practical ways that we can start shifting that mindset to get us out of stuck. Yeah. So there's, I think there's probably three basic things that we would, we would say. The first is You've got to have clarity. If you're, if you don't have a clear plan of where you're going, then you can't be focused and disciplined because you're sort of swimming in whatever comes up that day. So in, in SLAP, in our program, uh, we have what we call a SLAP statement where you define very clearly what you do, who you do it for, and the scale you want to do it on. So silver lining SLAP statement is silver lining sells SLAPs to James on a global scale. Period. So our innovation doesn't come in reimagining what we do or who we do it for. Our innovation comes in how we deliver what we do to our ideal client on the scale we want to do it. So inevitably, although we're doing new things all the time, they're always structured within this core focused criteria. Um, And that's really powerful because all of a sudden we have a very clear framework for what to say yes to, what to say no to, what to reground ourselves in. So that that's number one is just clarity. What, what are you building? You know, and most people, one of the craziest stats we have is that over 90% of the businesses that we talk to can't answer those questions. Well, what do you do? Who do you do it for? What scale do you want to do it on? It takes about 17 minutes to answer that question, which is, of course, a sign of not having focus or clarity. Um, and so, you know, there's a there's a huge correlation between success, strong mindset, focus and discipline and being able to really name those things. You know what you do, who you do it for the skill you do it on. The second thing is goals. I mean, we all talk about goals. I feel like goals are so, you know, over, I wish there was another word for a goal. Um, But people's goals, you know, when you ask the average entrepreneur, uh, well, what are your goals? It's always one of two things. Well, you know, I just want to grow a little bit and maybe work a little bit less, spend more time with my family. That's one. Uh, Or I want to get to a million dollars, right? Or if they're at million, I want to get to 5 million. I mean, it's like, it's these I call them like wishes, hopes, and dreams. That's not a goal. That's like a general statement. So a goal is a target for revenue and profit. You said that very earlier, which is such an important point. I'd rather run 
a $100,000 business that makes $50,000 in profit than run a million dollar business that loses $100,000 a year, right? So how much revenue do you want to generate? How much profit do you want to create as you generate that revenue? Um, And by what date will you create it? That is a goal. That is a goal that you then filter your decisions by. So clarity, a goal. And then the third thing, again, which you've also spoken about is we can't do this alone. We are humans and we are meant to be in community and support. And so, you know, being isolated or being completely um, unaccountable is actually really dangerous. And so the irony is that people think of entrepreneurship as freedom And it is, it is, right? We have all this freedom and flexibility in the world to a certain degree, but it's all framework is what you're saying. It's important. It's right. And and really accepting that whether it's something like slap, whether it's hiring a coach, whether it's hiring a therapist, uh, whether it's getting a friend together on Friday afternoon for coffee every single week and having a honest conversation about the progress you have made or you have not made and why that's happening. Um, But it's, it is embracing this idea. You know, our whole program is based in behavior change science and it's the same science that's used in Weight Watchers and Fitbit and the 12 step program. And the basic premise of behavior change science just literally says we all have goals, right? We all want outcomes, but very few humans are so incredibly self-structured and self-sustaining that we can accomplish them on our own. That's why we hire personal trainers. And if we hire a trainer, our chance of success goes up. But then if we don't, right, that's why if we join Weight Watchers, the chance of losing weight goes up because there's structure and support. And so what behavior behavior change science says, which is very relieving, Every human, regardless of the goal we set, probably can't do it alone. <laughs> so, so if you're serious about hitting your goals, then you need to wrap some structure and support around you. And there's that, there's no shame in that. That's not a sign that you're weak or that you're, you know, ineffective. It means you're human. That's just human behavior. And the more support we get, the more we dramatically increase our chance of success. Yeah. Well, you use the analogy of, uh, you know, a sports person. They yeah. would have a physiotherapist. They would okay. have a coach. They have got a team. They may even have a nutritionist who's giving them the right food. It is programmed out step by step to by step and monitored. And I think as business owners, we don't recognize the value because when you've got a team around you to support you, a team that supports in the work, you know, in the operations, team mentors, you know, that they will, uh, as you said, keep you accountable and focused on the right things because we can otherwise get really um, fixated on the busyness, I think, and and reactive and we'll never have the energy to uh, um, as you said, to innovate ex- the right things, as you said, the experience, yeah. and we'd rather just do the stuff that really should be the framework and get clarity on that um, to, to begin with. And I, I love that you've said around the slap, the clarity. I'd have to say that probably the turning, actually not probably, definitely, the turning point of my business was when I spent um, four months working on mission, vision, value. Yeah. And not just writing them down. We actually had to write a sentence and we had to live that out. How are you going to live that out? And it was the determining um, factor in my business because everything that I have done over the last kind of, you know, five, five years has been that's still the same because that is really connected to my why, different projects underneath that, but it's still to that, you know, mission and and vision. So cannot say Let's talk about time budget. What is it and how can we build it and keep a strong mindset? 
Ah, such a good question. So, um, so we have a framework that we've been using for you know 15 years, which we call the cash flow capacity catch 22. And the idea is that in order to grow a business, you need time and money. Uh, the irony is that most business owners feel like they never have enough time or money. Uh, growth requires the two things we feel like we don't have enough of. And that's sort of the conundrum, the cash flow capacity catch 22 of the average small business. And the, the additional irony, the irony on top of the irony, is that when you talk to a business owner, you say, well, okay, well, how, how do you create more money? They'll say, well, I need more time. If I had more time, I could do more business development. I could do more that. I could do da Okay, well, how do we help you create more time? Well, I need more money. If I had more money, I could hire more staff. I could do this. I could do that. So we live in this conundrum of we call the cash flow capacity catch 22. And yet, even though time and money are our two most critical resources, as business owners, we tend to be very focused on money, how much we make, how much, how stressed we are about cash flow. You know, we, we are aware of the financial element a lot. And we talk about it. We talk about money a lot, but if time and money are both our most critical factors, time is actually more finite than money, right? There's more infinite possibility with money. We are all the same. We have the same number of hours in every single day of our life. There is, you know, one of my advisors also says time is the great equalizer. There is, there is no injustice in time aside from, you know, getting sick, but in our, assuming you're living a healthy life, working every day, we are all the same. And so how you use your time has an incredibly significant impact on your level of success. And so a time budget essentially says exactly like a money budget, right? I've got this much time. I've got all these different things that I need to budget my time against. So how many hours do I need to sleep a night? Am I a person that needs six hours or nine hours? Let's put that in the time budget, right? Um, how much time do I spend with my family? Do I have a big family, a small family? Are they little kids? Or are they adults, right? What does that mean about how much time I need to put in my family budget? How much time do I want to spend in my personal budget, right? Working out, meditating. Uh, how much time do I put in my learning budget? Getting better, listening to a podcast like this, right? Learning and growing. And then how much time do I want to put into my business management budget versus my business growth budget? Because as we all know, it's really hard to balance the realities of growing a business, finding new customers, taking it to the next level, and also managing that business. And so we put it all in one big bucket in our head, but then inevitably we end up doing a ton of business development and we're not managing it properly or we're managing our business, doing no business development. So we have a really clear parameter that you need to have a, a business management budget and then a business growth budget. And one of the things that of course happens, not unsurprising, is when you budget all that out, you realize you don't have enough time for everything that you think you want to do, right? That you think you're doing. Um, you know, so then what do you do at that point? You know, how, where do you adjust? How do you adjust expectations? And it's really about it's about trying to get to clarity in the name of reducing pressure, right? One of the things that I certainly feel, and I know most business owners that I know feel, is like we're failing at everything. No matter how successful we are, we're, you know, our families wish we were home more, our staff wish we were doing more for them, our customers wish we were doing more for them, you know, we wish we were doing more for ourselves, we wish we were growing our business more. I mean, it's just this like nonstop uh, cycle of feeling like we're not doing enough in any area, right? We're not having enough impact in the community. We're not, et cetera. It goes on and on and on. And so a time budget is this really powerful tool that just forces us into reality to say, 
all right, well, this is what I can do. This is what I have budget for. And it may be less than you want to do. It may not look like you would ideally like it to be. But when you have, again, when you have clarity and goals, uh, then you can live in it. And it relieves a lot of just sort of, um, it's the same anyways, right? Nothing changes because you only have that many hours anyways, but you use them better. And it relieves that pressure of, I'm never doing enough. No, I'm doing what I can do in my time budget. This is what I have. This is what I can do. Yeah. I love the way that you've shared that because we get then really accountable. We can see it in black and white. And then we recognize I really need uh, support in in certain areas. Because one of the things that I have found, and maybe this is just me, is that if I don't get accountable and have a bit of a framework, if I know that there's some really important tasks that I need to do in my business, which is a lot of times is follow up leads and and generate leads and and actually, you know, kind of the in-person, which is now, of course, the online I'm going to fill it up with tasks that I know are also important, but that I do enjoy doing. Guess what? Not really leaving me enough time. So then you, right. you recognize that, don't you? And then you can structure your time and then put parameters in place to be able to do that. For me, it's getting team members. So I actually have to keep up with the teams. It creates a little bit of tension there. So always driving me forward. I finally found a system, a way that, that will work for me. In no, that that's great. Area, in that area. Well, I said what you said, which is important, right? I have really come to terms with, I cannot get everything done. I will never be able to say yes to and do everything that is asked of me or that I ask of myself. It is impossible with the hours of time in the day. That's impossible. So when I look at, when I look at opportunities through my time budget, I get asked to sit on a board or I get asked to do X or someone wants me to do this, or I want to do X new project or X new thing. Um, now it's not, well, do I want to, it actually makes decision-making easier, right? Well, do I want to? Yeah, I want to, but do I have time in my time budget? Well, no, I don't. Okay. Well, do I want to do this or should I do this more than something else I'm already doing? Okay. So if you just say yes to this, I have to say no to this. Um, And it just creates a very objective and logical uh, framework to make what can feel like, you know, subjective decisions. And and I think for me, someone who's got like the the yes instinct, I want to do everything and I want to help everyone and I want to try everything, you know, I want to just, I want to do it all and I want to do it right now. Exactly. Uh, It's helpful for me because I do need structure because my instinct is yes. My instinct is yes to everything. Um, But, you know, having that clear kind of slap statement goals and my time budget really forces me into, okay, well, not, not, is this a good opportunity? Not even do I really want to do it? Those almost become irrelevant. Is this the best use of my time in order for me to hit my goals? Does this keep me in alignment or does it get me, you know, confused and unfocused? And so taking away this idea, is it great? Is it good? Irrelevant. Is it the best use of my time? Uh, That is, that is a, it's really subtle, but it changes a lot about how you manage your life. A lot. Something that I've also found to be true too is that often we'll say, well, look, it's just going to take five minutes. Nothing just takes five minutes. Totally. Um, soon as it kind of comes in your bandwidth, if you're spending any bit of time, it is impacting even, I think science now shows interruptions, even the five-minute interruptions can take you 20 minutes to get back into the flow and, and really productive. Totally. Loved our conversation. I uh, really have uh, loved that today. So many brilliant points. Carissa, how can people find out more about you? What's the the websites and all of that good stuff? Yeah, thank you. So uh, the website is smallbizsilverlining.com. So you can go there directly. 
Um, our SLAP program is available for any business owner in the world. So it's, it's available, it's virtual and it's global. So Yes, it's relevant in a post-COVID world. Um, and usually our program to get clarity, set those financial goals, and then get the whole structure and support to actually hit those goals is $300 a month. But uh, when COVID hit, we made it pay what you can so that any small business that wants support and structure can get it at whatever their financial reality is. So, uh, and we really, we really mean that. And the big thing that I would offer the community who's listening is we are here. There's lots of other people who are here too. If you've got a dollar a month, if you've got $5 a month, if you have $300 a month, whatever you've got, that's your choice. The point is not how much money you spend. The point is taking this seriously. The point is saying, right, putting your hand up and saying, I'm not going to be that person that says, I want to grow my business or I want, I'd like to lose weight or I'd like to, you know, exercise more, but it's actually taking the next step, which says, and so I'm going to sign up for Weight Watchers. I'm going to buy a Fitbit. I'm going to use slap. Um, and so whether it's us or somebody else, you know, I challenge everyone listening, find structure and support that will help you get to clarity, set clear goals, and then wrap around the right structure and support so that you actually do look at those things and make the right choices time and time again. Uh, because I just, I'm such an optimist and I believe to my core. And in fact, I know it based on our data you can hit your goals. You can succeed. You can make money doing what you love. I mean, that is an absolute possibility for everyone. Uh, but none of us can do that on our own. We're not meant to be completely isolated in the pursuit of our dreams. So smallbizlevelani.com, if we can be of help, pay what you can. Uh, if it's not us that's the right help, that's great. But find structure and support. That is my, that is my challenge to everyone listening. Yeah, fantastic. Well, look, thanks once again, an incredible offer and uh, loved our conversation. So thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It was so fun. You've been listening to Industry Thought Leader Podcast, brought to you by Industry Thought Leader Academy. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to stand out, be heard and become an influential voice in your industry? Access our free five-day money, marketing and mindset boost masterclass. Go to www.industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash masterclass. That's industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash masterclass.